Because in context before we get into this discussion that we're going to have, and I'm joined on the line uh, to talk through some of these very, very weighty matters uh, uh, from the uh, Zimbabwean Migrant Support Network by the Secretary General, Shelton Chiangwa. I've been told uh, he is referred to by many as the People's General, uh, but uh, we'll certainly uh, call him Shelton for now. Shelton, good evening to you and welcome. Good evening to you. I, I hope you are well. I can't complain, man. We're trying. I hope you're well as well. Yeah, hey, we are also in trying times, my man. Indeed. Trying times. Indeed. Shelton, uh, you are lamenting uh, that uh, while you welcome the extension, you're also pointing out that there are some challenges regarding the application for different visas for many of those who would um, have been covered by the erstwhile Zimbabwean exemption permit. What are some of these challenges? Yes, so like I said uh, uh, in my sentiment that I've echoed a few days ago, that this extension is is something that I can say is a much ado about nothing. Uh, there are quite a lot of uh, various visas and uh, permits that are provided for by the immigration department in South Africa. But when people apply for these, they are frustrated. You know, they are just delays. If it is not through the VFS, it is still being adjudicated. If there is no information as to where does your status or your application stand, mm. you are just delayed forever. Womafes is just sitting on top of uh, applications and it's frustrating people. And it is happening not only with uh, immigration uh, mm. uh, permits such as critical skills or general things or what. It's even worse when we talk about asylum seekers as well. Mm. So it's, it's, it's bad. Yeah. Like I said, much ado about Shelton, may- maybe just your thoughts, because I think, you know, the home Department of Home Affairs would potentially say, is that not the point? Now, I want to refer to a statement they put out, um, and they draw this all the way back to 2008. And they say in 2008, approximately 200,000 Zimbabwean nationals arrived in South Africa seeking asylum. 2009, another 207,000 arrived. Um, and it's probably been in that region, around anywhere between 150,000 or so, right through to, say, 250 or quarter of a million. And they also flag in the same statement saying they have limited capacity to respond to the massive uh, administrative burden that this implies. They've also had massive budget cuts. Um, and uh, let me read from the statement. It says, first in 2020-21, 562 million cut uh, during the special adjustment budget, further 301 million cut in the MTEF, and uh, then in the second financial year, further cut of nearly a billion rand, 969 million, the bulk of which was for the compensation of employees, the same employees that ideally should be processing these that you say are stuck in the process. Are you sympathetic to those capacity challenges and from where they come? Well, I, I, I can't say I'm sympathetic to those challenges they face. Omafes department is not, is not the only department in South Africa that is operational. That is, uh, that is operational. There are many departments in this country that are doing so well. So Omafes continues to cry foul about not being incapacitated, about being incapacitated and so on. And we feel that is such a scapegoat. Shelton, I mean, Shelton, those Shelton, people... I don't think yes? you're answering my question. I'm yes. saying, and this is why I first spoke about the number of applications mm. as implied by the number of asylum applications, right? Mm. Um, and then, of course, spoke about the budget. Because your yes. argument now, you're saying all departments are faced with the same budget cuts and yet some of them are operational. Are you suggesting that 
the application load that Home Affairs confronts is comparable with any other department that has a similar administrative load? Well, it is not. It is not, I agree. But I'm saying the issues that the Home Affairs deals with are of national concern, particularly when we talk about migration. If ever they would really want to get uh, to, to deal with the issue of uh, undocumented uh, people in the country, then this should be prioritized. Remember, those applicants uh, also that uh, applies with Home Affairs, they pay. You know, they they started ways with quite a lot of uh, <laughs> runs that they packed ways with uh, for 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 them to be under the service, and they are frustrated. It's not like it's a service that comes for free. So why can't the Home Affairs within that streamlined budget also make use of what he has been paid for by applicants to make sure that they have got capacity to deal with processing processing of applications? Mm. You saying the extension is a non-event. Why do you say that? I, 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 the extension of the six, the six months extension is what I say is a non, uh, is a much ado about nothing. The the grace period which was given by the Home Affairs of twelve months in itself was not uh, 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 it was not sufficient. You can't give somebody who has got ten years in the country, twelve years to prepare to leave to the country or migrate to some other visa which they did not even qualify when they were granted the one that they have currently. You understand? I have had people coming to me saying that they applied for their provident fund from various uh, 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 institutions that deal with provident fund, and it has not been processed as yet. I've had people who have gone to labor department to apply for their UIF, and it has not been processed. I've had people who are failing to get even transfer letters because some of them are still living in, in areas. Mm. Or, 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 you understand? So there's quite a lot of things that need to be put in place. That is why our argument was saying, one of us should have had a thorough consultation process with people uh, whilst it is preparing to end this 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 permit, so we find the six months uh, extension it is still going to bring back people to the very same position they are right mm-hmm. now. It puts them in panic. Yeah. It makes them people very uh, 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 par- it, I can put them in paranoia mm-hmm. position because it, it, it does not make any sense. Maybe share with it doesn't me make any sense just at a all. quick one. Just a quick one, I, and, and I certainly am sympathetic to to your perspective there about. The type of disruption this might, you know, wreak on many lives of uh, Zimbabwean nationals. But there's been, for 13 years, a very peculiar dispensation trying to deal with a very unique spillovers of a socioeconomic crisis in the southern African nation of Zimbabwe. Um, And if indeed that consultative process had unfolded, what would you, you know, uh, have proposed in that process? Well, I we, we, we would have proposed uh, a, a lot of things that includes having to probably find out uh, uh, that those that are beneficiaries of the dispensation permit, what, what, what were they using before they got into that? Because remember, some of them were actually asylum seekers eh, who were persuaded into this permit, right? So, so, so you then discover that this was an asylum seeker mm. persuaded into a permit and is now forced to go back to a country where they ran away from. But there were also others, uh, uh, you know, Shelton, who, uh, as a result of the dispensation from 2009, uh, were before then holders of fraudulently obtained South African documents. 
So, so yes. not only those but, who were receiving amnesty, but there were also those who had fraudulent documents who received the amnesty. Well, we appreciate, yeah. we appreciate the move which was taken to give a dispensation to those who had obtained fraudulent documents. But as well, again, the conservation process would have assisted mm -hmm. uh, in the manner that we were going to help the home affairs to curb the issue of undocumentation and, 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 and people obtaining fraudulent documents. It is very clear, it is all known that the Department of Home Affairs is corrupt to the core. And, and when they do not deal, if they fail to deal with the issue of undocumentation in South Africa, right, and, they, and, they continue, and the government continues to give a blind eye on the crisis in Zimbabwe, there will be more migration in Zim, in, in, mm -hmm. uh, from Zimbabwe into South Africa. There will be more of it, and if they are not processing permits for those that are applying for asylum and other permits, people will still then consider, people will be forced to consider themselves uh, to find themselves uh, uh, in the midst of corruption. And their officials, newer people, their officials are those that are very corrupt. And what can they do? Those, what can people do if they are looking, they cannot go back to Zimbabwe? Because the crisis there it is a result of what has been rubber-stemmed by the government of South Africa. So there would be serious migration, my brother. So I think the point is well made, and maybe two points I think uh, that you're making here. The one is that procedurally, you know, there's a lot of bureaucratic bungling of even yes. the formal amnesty process. So let's put that aside for a second. I think Sharp, you know, we can agree on that. That's plausible, all good and well. The second point you're making, which I want to come back to a bit later, just after I pose this question, is around how the unfolding and continuing and persistent crisis in Zimbabwe creates a push factor that will mean that this problem will continue into the future. But I want yes. to hear your view because the South African government is saying they want to regularize the tenure of Zimbabwean nationals in South Africa. That might be via amnesty or even the respective visa regimes. Um, and so that you don't have this pocket of a unique dispensation that's sitting in a corner outside of your traditional immigration system. And, and I think there are reasons for that. I mean, you know, uh, why is it that somebody who comes from Lilongwe, who's a Malawian national, uh, who might say, I've got the same push factors, or somebody who comes from another war situation on the continent, should not be entitled to this kind of dispensation. So, so there are those debates, right? Um, but what yes. is your view? Why uh, would you be so reluctant and averse to there being now a regularization of the tenure of Zimbabwean nationals who are already in the country and mainstreaming them into, I guess, the normal immigration system? Look, it is not really about Zimbabwe, right? But it's a pity that we are talking about Zimbabwe because it is much talked about right now. But the immigration no, 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 laws no, 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 apply. No, you can't say that. What we're talking about is the Zimbabwean exemption permit. It is specific yeah, to Zimbabweans. A, a Sudanese national uh, who has run from the wars in Darfur, you know, a few years ago, cannot claim the same dispensation. But that's what I want to respond to you. I am saying to you, uh, it is really not about Zimbabwe only. Immigration laws apply to everyone across board, right? But when this was created, the same immigration laws were there. You understand? The same immigration laws were there. And Zimbabwe, they found themselves now being in the midst. They are actually victims of circumstances. Yes, it was good that South Africa provided this dispensation to them. But the same immigration laws at which they, were, they could have been availed to people or plus be put in place so that many people would not qualify 
uh, for various visas provided for in the immigration laws of South Africa would apply. So, so you would understand and uh, uh, see where Zimbabweans are coming from. I would want to create a situation where a Malawian would apply for a visa, even if they are not a critical, uh, 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 even if they are not critical skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, persons, you understand? I would also understand a person who's from Tanzania, even if they're not running away from somewhere, from, from something, apply for a permit, you understand? So I would like to think that the Home Affairs Department itself should, should be able to provide, make it easy for people to regulate, validate their stay in the country, you know, uh, rather than uh, uh, streamlining Shelton. the application processes. Shelton. I think you and I agree, right? Because now you're coming back to the same issues of procedure. And Mm. there are many instruments in regularizing immigration. There is a 90-day visitor's visa. There is a work permit. There is an asylum regime. And there will Mm. be many others. And a Tanzanian national who is coming from Mungoshi or Dar es Salaam, coming into the country, would Mm. then say, based on who I am, so I might be an engineer, maybe let me apply for a work permit and I tick the box of critical skills. Or I'm Mm. here on a short-term stay, let me take the visitor's visa. Or if I'm running away from a particular kind of situation, uh, persecution in my own country, or even if we widen the definition of that, a very particular socioeconomic crisis, they would then apply for asylum. So I think the debate I'm having is not to necessarily say that that process is easy, it's seamless. I'm not saying that. But I think I want us to get to the principle. Why would you be averse? Theoretically, let's assume that the bureaucratic system worked. Why would you be averse to a system that regularized the uh, immigration tenure of Zimbabwean nationals in South Africa, where they would have to apply for any one of these instruments, rather than we, having a catch-all dispensation? I am my brother. We are not against any system that has been put in place uh, in accordance with the immigration laws of South Africa. Okay. But you are, let me give you an example of a 90-day visa that you have just uh, mentioned. It does not allow one to work. Now, I'll give you an example of somebody who has been on a VEP, which we are talking about right now. Can you then say to this person, must be, this person must be on a 90-day visa and then be able to work? And this 90 days is given per year. One is allowed to have that 90 days in 365 days you understand so so i would like to think that if if ever there was if, if there were mistakes that are being identified now in issuing that dispensation project they can't be corrected by telling people to leave the country in 12 months they can't be corrected by saying that it can't be only Zimbabwe talking about this and many other, what about other nations? Then it should apply to other nations as well. Then all those people, all the people from different countries that are coming to South Africa should benefit in a, some form of a permit that allows them to stay and work in South Africa if they wish to. Shelton, maybe just, um, I'd love to hear your views on this. What do you feel is the responsibility of the government in Harare in managing this situation and some of the push factors. And the reason why I ask is because even in Zimbabwe, there is a very particular form of immigration regime, um, quite similar in some cases and, of course, different in some respects. What is the responsibility of uh, the sending government in managing this impasse that we have at the moment, in your view? You see, the responsibility of the government in Harare 
would be to take care of its own citizens. And if if they are to be taking care of their own citizens, it it means that they should be good governance in that country. Because if there is good governance and good management and administration in any country, there won't be those push and pull factors that makes people to leave their country. So so Zimbabweans and other nationalities that have found themselves running to South Africa, it is because they are you know, their governments have failed to take care of their own people. And and I will tell you without any fear that our 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 government is is a shame because right now our its own people are now subjected to objects of laughter. You know, they are subjected to, to, to ridicule because of the mismanagement of a government that is a right that is standing right now in Zimbabwe. So it is a shame. But what what can we do? What can we do? Because our people remain victims of circumstances of a government that is that is that is that is a shame. Shelton, it is the responsibility yeah. of the government to provide policies to create conducive environment that has got equal opportunities for everyone. And if that was happening in Zimbabwe, where there is rule of law, where there is more human rights abuses, if that was happening in Zimbabwe, people would not have been put out. But however, it's very sad because when these things are happening, our only neighbor, which actually sits in the security cluster of AU and SADIC, supports it. You know, they, they, they turn a blind eye. Shall elections are rigged. They go there and they endorse elections and say that they were free and fair. So, so, so they are so ignorant. You know, they are very... Shelton? They, they are far from the realities of what is happening in Zimbabwe. Shelton. And that is why Shelton. people are being pushed Shelton. to be in South Africa. Shelton, we're going to have to leave it here, unfortunately. We have run out of time. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. Yes, yes. I appreciate you coming out. Thank you so much for taking time out to speak to us tonight. Thank you very much, Aya. Thank you very much. Shelton Chiangwa, the Secretary General of the Zimbabwe Migrants Support.